Will you join me in prayer? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This year, the lectionary invites us to two weeks of pondering the life of John the baptizer. Last week, we got just this little snippet from Mark's gospel, a window into this inconvenient life that recognizes time and reorganizes it around faithfulness. This week, John's gospel gives us a little bit more. We learn that John came as a witness. John knows exactly who he is, but he also knows exactly who he is not. John is not the Messiah, but his work and his life also matters to God and to the world. Near the end of this romantic comedy I've watched an embarrassingly large number of times, the friend of the main character hops out of the car at a red light in the middle of this terrible traffic jam. And he stands in the way. He's shouting for cars to stop. He's throwing his body in front of moving vehicles until he can wave his friend through in this car who races off to confess his love to Julia Roberts. (laughs) Anyone know what we're... Nodding Hill is right. Way to go, Karen. Extra point. Church point today. Let me give you this. Uh, And that is the sort of scene we're meant to conjure up here in John's Gospel. John is stopping cars and clearing a path and directing traffic against everyone else's expectations and traffic patterns. And that's how Jesus gets through. That's who John is. And like I said, John also knows who he isn't. And our gospel's very clear on this matter. John the baptizer is not denying he's the Messiah. He is testifying to the fact that he's not the Messiah. It says it twice. This is a confession about who he is and also who Jesus is. Later in John's gospel, each of these I am not statements we heard will be reflected back in a Jesus I am statement. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I have to say, I have always been impressed by John's ability to fend off the desire to put himself first, his stalwart commitment to locating himself in relationship to Jesus. Because John is kind of a big deal. He has a lot of followers. People listen to him, including religious leaders who trek out to the desert to get the skinny on this Jesus situation that's happening. And I bet we know people like this. Religious folks with a lot of vibrato and passion. A lot of influence can get up and speak to really large crowds. And it's also not a common, uncommon situation to see these folks getting into trouble, the kind of trouble that amasses wealth, that oversteps boundaries, 
that leaves a whole lot of brokenness in its wake. But maybe those extreme stories also touch down in our lives. It's hard to resist feeling important. It's not unusual for us to want to matter, for us to dream about doing big, important things with our lives. And when we don't get there, when we see others achieving and climbing, it can feel like we aren't making the most out of this one precious life we've been given. We haven't won enough. We haven't achieved enough. We aren't sure of our purpose. And in the end, we may find ourselves also willing to cut some ethical corners to be important and to matter. But then there is John, who is content with the life that bears witness to Jesus. The word that is used to describe John's disposition, this word testimony, it's where we get our English word martyr from. And we can hear in John's life about the costliness of this witness. This is legal language. This is a binding testimony in a court where everything is on the line. The stakes are high for John. And if you know how the story goes, he'll bear those consequences with his own life. We have been talking about how Advent is the season of waiting. And each week of this season, we've been exploring what it means to wait on Jesus, not just sitting around, staring at the wall, watching the paint dry, but as a purposeful waiting that leads us towards transformation. John's constant refrain of, I am not, gives us another insight in what, to what it might mean to actively wait on Jesus. So I decided that I would make a list of I am not statements this week. Here's what I came up with. I am not able to save anyone. I am not able to control how other people perceive me. I am not the beginning or the end of my church. I am not an important person. Well, that is a lot, <laughs> you may be thinking. <laughs> and it was sobering for me to make this list like John of these I am nots. I kind of knew all these things about myself, but it was different to write them down, to see them on paper, and it's very different to tell them to you. <laughs> but I also noticed something else at work in me. This exercise didn't actually lead me to self-pity or a sense of worthlessness. Instead, I just automatically started to fill in the rest of that sentence. I am not able to save anyone, but God has given me gifts to witness to the love of Jesus who does save us. I'm not able to control how people perceive me, but I can control what I know about myself. I'm not the beginning and end of my church, and I am grateful every day that God has called together a people who can sing and lead and preach and play and pray and organize and offer care. I'm not an important person. 
And I know there are people who care for me and love me, and that actually means a lot more to me. Advent waiting gives us some time to tell the truth about who we are. And I'm guessing that might feel scary. It may feel scary because we like to build up an image of ourselves to heighten our importance, maybe to fill in some gaps for our own insecurities. But it's also scary because sometimes the truth about who we are isn't accurate. You are not worthless or useless. You are not unloved. It turns out you are not the worst mom ever. (laughs) And that's part of telling the truth about ourselves too. Looking to see what I am statements have slipped into our lies and have marred the image of God that we each bear in us. I noticed something else about my list this week. I am not pointed both to Jesus and to a lot of other people around me. And I found myself wanting to tell people the truth about themselves, how they were a gift to me, how they filled in the gaps of my I am nots. I am not the person who makes the bulletin. (laughs) And I am so grateful every Sunday for the hidden labor that goes on week after week, forever, literally forever, from Ruth and Joanna and Jaxeli and Leah. Thank you. I am not a middle school teacher, and I can assure you that the existence of middle school teachers is a actual miracle. And so this week, I wrote to Wick's teacher to let her know how grateful I am for her. (laughs) Knowing our place, the full reflection of God's work, the work of others, what we're not, what we are, all of that is transformative. And we see it in life of John and his ministry. After announcing Jesus, throwing himself in front of those cars to make a path, John doesn't just give up on what he's doing. He actually continues on his ministry. He continues to have followers, to teach, to baptize, to lead. He continues to point everyone to Jesus through his work and his life. He has a sense of security and purpose in refusing to be who he is not. And friends, that's freedom. To be who you are in the life of God for your whole purpose, your whole being to find its center in love, to know that there's nothing that you have to do or be or earn to be any more loved than you are at this exact moment. That is what it means to live into the love of God. And friends, that, that is how we wait. Amen.